Top of the morning, Dan and Amy. So Martha McSally has conceded in Arizona. Gillum and Nelson have not conceded in Florida. And why would they as long as Broward County Commissioner Brenda Snipes is still finding provisional ballot boxes in the trunks of Avis rent-a-cars? So I thought you were kidding, and you're not. They there's, really did find a box there. There's always time to make up the difference if you put your shoulder to the grind there. Uh, Martha McSally uh, releasing this uh, video concession with her golden retriever. Hey everybody, I just called Kirsten Cinema and congratulated her on becoming Arizona's first female senator after a hard-fought battle. I wish her all success as she represents Arizona in the Senate. And I also want to say thank you to everybody who supported me in this campaign, my staff and volunteers and everybody who voted for me. I'm so grateful for you as my wingmen and my wingwomen in this journey. Uh, we sure wish it came out with a different result, but I'm so thankful for you. As I traveled around this state, I was so inspired by the many people that I met. And I am convinced Arizona is the best state in the country and our best days are still yet to come. And I'm going to continue to pray for our success. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. I got to tell you, I, I didn't see that coming. And last night, Kristen, Kirsten Cinema, first, do I want to say it or do you? Bisexual female senator from the state of Arizona. She's, you know, replacing Jeff Flake, but thank John McCain. His example shines a light on our way forward. Senator John McCain stood for everything we stand for as Arizonans, fighting for what you believe in, standing up for what's right, even if you stand alone. Gag. Uh, <laughs> she was wearing a beautiful cocktail dress, by the way. And, by, and Martha McSally, first female senator. Why not, if you're going to start from the identity politics premises of the left, why not also celebrate first female, first bisexual senator? Yeah. Say it. No one needs to know that. It's gross. That's a feature, not a bug for the left. A Andrew Gillum uh, on Sunday over the weekend in church explaining why uh, he's uh, tired, but uh, every vote must be counted. And they're going to look in every Avis rent-a-car that is available. I am in some ways tired. It's been a long 21 months. We laid it all on the field. But I want you to know I am energized around this mission to see every single vote counted in this process. Yeah. I am. And I, I am. And I hope uh, the FBI is also energized to complete their investigation into Andrew Gillum's time as Tallahassee mayor. For more on uh, these races and the general political landscape, we're pleased to be joined again by Noah Rothman, who is the associate editor for Commentary Magazine. Noah, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Let's start in Arizona. Sort of uh, stunning that um, a crackerjack like Kristen Cinema could beat a fighter pilot in Arizona, isn't it? Yeah, I'm, I'm really surprised by those results. I'm more surprised by the fact that she, if you believe the exit polls, that she drew double digits worth of Republican voters. Uh, she must the fact have. That they, turned up, they turned up all that information about her, sneering at her state, sort of mocking her state, sort of being depressed by her state and embarrassed by her state, uh, and you know, the extent to which she had uh, degenerated uh, quite a bit of antipathy among Republicans. It didn't seem to matter for, uh, for at least that many Republican voters who put her over the top. I mean, it's... Without a doubt, she would not be a senator today if it weren't for Republican votes. And the GOP has some soul-searching to do there. We can't wish that away. We can't look at those voters and say, well, we don't need you guys. No, you do. Yeah, well, and that's going to be a real problem. Well, that's the forward. point. Doug, Doug Ducey, the governor, won by 16 points. 
So it had to be Republican. But why were Republicans? Why did they turn to to Kirsten Cinema instead of Martha McSally? I mean, it's anybody's guess, frankly. Uh, I don't have the right answer there. I think there's probably a multitude of, of reasons for it. Um, one of the issues I think probably came to the fore late in the campaign, in which uh, Martha McSally wrapped her arms around the president around, was the uh, the border issue and the caravan. And I don't know the extent to which that drove up Republican turnout. It probably was significant, but it also drove out voters who are disinclined to support that sort of thing on both sides of the aisle, Democrats and the few Republicans who don't think that that's a good message. Yeah, but it's um, I mean, I guess there was a more of a embrace, as the uh, word goes, uh, of McSally with Trump. But then you saw big turnouts in other places like Ohio, like Missouri, like Florida uh, and particularly Ohio and Florida. And that was to the benefit of the statewide Republican candidate DeWine in Ohio. And uh, it still appears Scott and and DeSantis in Florida. Yeah, I would I would be surprised, actually, if um, they found, as you say, found enough votes to make up the deficit for, for both Andrew Gillum and, uh, and Senator Nelson. I, they're behind by thousands of votes. So it would be unprecedented to find that many votes in a, in, a, in a recount. But I don't blame them for not conceding because this is a state-mandated thing. Right. And there's going to be a recount no matter what, so they might as well not concede. It's a little bit different for somebody like Stacey Abrams in Georgia, who I don't believe has conceded yet no, and has uh, no hope, I think, uh, of, of making it the deficit. And, and uh, give us, since we haven't spoken to you since uh, last week's election, give us your sort of handle now that most of the dust has settled on uh, what happened and what you think it means for Trump and Republicans going forward into the 20 cycle? Well, it was a pretty bad night for um, for Republicans pretty much across the board. Uh, there were some bright spots, as you say, in Ohio. The Ohio governorship, the Iowa governorship was a shock. Um, yeah. The upper Midwest sort of cratered for the GOP. Um, Florida is looking good, but it's very tight, um, and it would only take a tiny shift in 2020. So what, what that showed me was um, – Democrats have a pathway to the, to the White House in 2020 through the upper Midwest, uh, through Michigan, Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania, where they lost a lot of legislative seats. And Democrats made up a lot of gains that they lost over the course of the Obama era, three on, on, on the legislative level, which is where the farm team is, where you develop talent. And so they picked up almost 400 legislative seats. That's a really big number of legislative seats. By contrast, the GOP won 968 legislative seats over four cycles over the course of Barack Obama's presidency. It devastated the Democratic Party. But if Democrats have two cycles like that, they make up the gains in half the time. And that's something Republicans should be scared of. Yeah. Yesterday in Florida, a judge told you know both Bill Nelson and Rick Scott to turn down the rhetoric. Do you think it's been too heated between these two cats? I mean, you can always turn down the rhetoric. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm one of those squishy middle-of-the-road Republican guys who thinks we all need to pump the brakes a little bit. But, um, yeah, I, I don't think the Republicans are necessarily the problem here. Um, we've seen a lot of Democrats say, well, look at Martha McSally's concession. This is how you concede. This is a noble, <laughs> this is a noble way to end a campaign. Good for them. Uh, yeah. Well, you know what? You can take a little bit of your own advice. <laughs> this is a, we always appreciate when you, uh, when you Lose announce. Gracefully. Yes, you announce your defeat. Uh, we always prefer surrender, but even just a graceful exit is fine. And throwing a cute dog with you, too. Oh. You're making the Twitter video. What do you think about uh, Mark Penn's piece? over the weekend uh, making the case that not only is Hillary 
possibly going to run again, that she is in. And as a matter of time, you're going to be reintroduced to Hillary 1.0 from her early 90s days, the left wing firebrand, the vast right wing conspiracy Hillary Clinton in 2020. And in a field of 20 candidates, why not? Yeah, I don't know what to make of that, honestly. Um, Mark Penn is close with uh, with Hillary Clinton. Though they, they haven't been uh, working together, as far as I understand, for a decade. So right. that's one of those things that you could take it with a grain of salt. I have no doubt that she wants to run again, so I'm not saying that this isn't a float. It really could be a, a trial balloon. Um, but, you know, she shouldn't <laughs> because I don't, see, I don't see much of an appetite on the Democratic Party side for her candidacy, although exactly she definitely wants wanted to run. Yeah. And were you surprised how she was noticeably absent during the final days before the midterm elections? I mean, you had everybody, Eric Holder, Elizabeth Warren, everyone you can imagine, and she and Bill Clinton were nowhere to be found. Yeah, um, well, Bill Clinton isn't wanted on the campaign trail. That's one thing. I mean, Hillary Clinton does have a presence that she wants. She wanted to go out and, and be, a, you know, be a feature of the Democratic Party's future. She's not as unwelcome as Bill Clinton is. Bill Clinton is persona non grata now, uh, and entirely as a result of the Me Too moment, which is ironic, uh, long overdue. But, um, yeah, his, his star has faded dramatically, and he knows it. Uh, Jared Nadler, the incoming House Judiciary Committee chairman, says that the uh, appointment of Matthew Whitaker as acting AG is uh, prima facie evidence of this ongoing uh, obstruction of justice conspiracy being orchestrated by President Trump. Uh, Nancy Pelosi is talking about using subpoena power strategically, and Maxine Waters is announcing that she's going to stick it to banking and insurance. Uh, any concern that uh, the Democrats won't overreach uh, uh, per their victory on Tuesday? Uh, they're, they're almost certain to overreach, uh, but I'm not, I'm not sure the extent to which that's going to matter politically. We, I have yet to see evidence that, uh, that Democratic overreach is, is, is going to hurt them in the, in the Trump era. But we, we will see. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not convinced that they won't shoot themselves in the foot. They have a uh, tendency to do that. But as far as the Matthew Whitaker thing, the, the notion here that he's going to starve the, the special counsel, as he said he wants to do, by the way, um, is something I think we have to wait for evidence of before we indict him over it. Um, his, his association, however, with, this, uh, with a firm that the DOJ investigated for fraud uh, makes him a particularly bad candidate, I think, to head the DOJ just by virtue of that association. Uh, and that is a completely legitimate avenue of criticism that I think Democrats have, have real legs on. The special counsel thing is speculative, so I think it should probably tailor the criticisms a little bit. Yeah, that World Patent Marketing Company, he was an advisor of $26 million FTC judgment against that company. Now, that's a, that's a legitimate matter. You're right about that. He is Noah Rothman, associate editor for Commentary Magazine. Noah, thanks as always for joining us. Appreciate it. Thank you. And he joined us on our Turnkey 